0: Welcome to an interview here with Marketing Management and Money. Uh, we are going to be interviewing Brandon Cobb. Now, before I get into a little bit of his background, uh, I do want to just kind of point out that uh, Brandon comes to me highly recommended from one of the uh, the previous uh, interviews that we've done on the show, where we've done Devin Miller, who uh, has become a good friend of mine. I actually interviewed him on the show and uh, started collaborating with him on a lot of his... He, he does legal for small businesses. And so uh, when he recommended uh, Brandon to come on the show, I was actually pretty excited because everything that Devin has thrown my way has uh, turned out to be top quality. So so we're pretty excited. Uh, Brandon here, he's got 15 years of marketing leadership. Uh, he's got an MBA, uh, great people skills. Uh, he does a lot of brand strategy, messaging, storytelling in both the D2C and B2B spaces. Uh, His background includes kind of a proven record of propelling brand uh, reach, sales revenue, profit margin, and business growth. He's passionate about diversity and inclusion, data analytics, and building internal capacities through innovation and thought leadership. But what really intrigues me the most about Brandon is, as I've gotten to know him, as I've uh, kind of reached out to him, uh, checked out some of his social profiles and things like that, is uh, this is more of a diverse marketing background than most people have. And and that's actually where I would like to start, Brandon, is, uh, you know... I, 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 I've worked with a lot of guests, I've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs, and they tend to come with, you know, sort of their one or two trick ponies that, uh, you know, they're like, hey, I'm really good at, at at content or, you know, like maybe they have one, you know, one social platform that they've really, uh, you know, latched on to. Uh, you're more diverse than the average marketing guru. So would you kind of introduce yourself a little bit, but also uh, where where does this diversity come from and, you know, how... How's that a strength for for you and and what you do in your marketing?
1: Yeah, thank you. So thank you for having me on. Um, I've also been on on Devin's show, and it, it was very great. so i'm uh, I'm glad you guys have a friendship there and look forward to this one. And so uh, basically with the you know being a generalist uh, versus specialist, it's it's a very interesting kind of concept because I still certainly consider myself a specialist but within marketing, right? So I'm mm-hmm. a marketing specialist, but then within within marketing, there's probably what 50, 100 different specialties you could focus on, and I'm very much a marketing generalist um, okay. there. And, uh, and, and where does that come from? Well, you know, originally in my career, I probably started um, early in my career. When you look at marketing, you look at the four P's of marketing, uh, product, price, place, promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, so many people, I think, think of marketing only as promotion. Um, and probably, and I think most people start their careers in that promotional space. So the advertising, the marketing channels, but not thinking so much about how the pricing plays into it, how, like where you want to be, uh, positioned with a competitive product and what your, your competitive advantages are, or, or where you want to even, um, sell your product through. So, Basically, I think I've started my career in the promotional space um, as most people do. and And specifically, that specialty was content marketing, video content marketing, even okay. to get hyper defined. But uh, I realized that you know at one point in time, even if if you're just even going to be hyper focused in video, there's still a whole business aspect to it around it. And I think it was when I went back and did the MBA that it gave me that well-rounded business knowledge because it was just a general of all the different departments. And then when, when you have that, now you go forward and you can, okay, speak the business talk, but you can also speak the creative talk or you can speak the, you know, you can deal with, uh, I used to have a, a, a saying uh, s- some years ago where I was like, I was putting together some movie projects and I would always say, you know, with all the different departments, the camera guy, the lighting guy, the makeup, the wardrobe. I don't know a lot about any of it, but I know a little bit about all of it Mm -hmm. and I can be the glue to put it all together. And so I think I've just taken that now and zoomed out from just that video aspect. And now I I just look at all the marketing where I can work with all the different specialists, the SEO, the social media, the, um, you know, so the content people, the the CRM people, and and everything, the web people, and, and I can I can put it all together, uh, and speak their talk, but also understand how that plays into revenue.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I appreciate the background and everything, man. Immediately, you introduce so many questions that are popping into my mind, so I'm gonna try and uh, I'm gonna try and parse these down so we can uh, you know kind of dig into some of this, but. Uh, what do you see when you're working with uh, people because you, you brought up the fact that people go strictly to the promotion side of marketing and they kind of get hung up on that. And I would agree with you. I've seen that happen a lot in, uh, you know, in, in, in my, uh, you know, my opportunities to get in and consult with businesses. What what do you see are the things that businesses are overlooking in marketing? What what are the hiccups that you're like, man, if you guys would just broaden your mindset and not get so hung up on one or two things, but really understand the package, you know, like how how do you go in and how how do you recommend strategies to businesses or what are some of the pitfalls that you you just see repeatedly happening time and time again and you're like oh my goodness businesses if you guys would just stop doing these same mistakes like what what are the what are the top things that are coming to your mind or the top things that you're gonna recommend when you start working with a company
1: yes yeah, so I think you, you bring a couple of different uh, topics up that that are interesting and and one is like okay I, I I think that marketing, when does it begin and when does it end in the business process? It begins at the very beginning. Mm. I, I've, I've had so many people that are like doing various startups and things. And they're like, well, I'm trying to decide when to bring in a marketing person. Well, if you bring in a marketing person at the very beginning, they're going to help shape your product to be a, a, a product market fit there. And, and it's going to help, uh, you know, you're going to have the market research and you're going to have, you, you know, you, you kind of need marketers from the beginning. And you need and when does it end? Well, it doesn't just end after the marketing qualified lead comes in and the sale the, the sale occurs. It's still then it's retention and it's it's following up with the whole consumer experience. So marketing has to collaborate with the different every different department and across the whole journey of both the business cycles that the, the business goes through, but also the customer journeys that the, the consumers go through. But when does it start and end? I think it, it starts at the very beginning. And when does it end? I don't know if it ever ends, as long as the business is still operational.
0: So, Do you, do you feel like businesses are doing that? Like, you know, I don't. And that's why I'm asking do. the question. I, I feel like businesses struggle. They, they kind of confine marketing to a box. They bring the marketing in later. You know, they've already spent six months on product development. And now they're like, okay, now how are we going to sell this thing? And I'm like, Oh man, you really should have thought about that before you started developing. And then as soon as the product launched, everyone's toasting and saying, yay, you know, job well done. And I'm like, it's, you got five years on this product. What do you mean job well done? It's like job just started.
1: I think you're exactly right. And with that, I, I would say the, the more established companies and the long lasting sustainable companies get it. They understand Mm it. Um, I mean, you think of, I don't know, a Coca-Cola or something like that. Uh, they're, they're they're gonna, they they get it from the start to the end there. But, uh, you know, a lot of these startups in the, the tech spaces or small, small family owned businesses, different things like that, Um, they they do exactly what you were saying, which is uh, pigeonhole marketing into a box of, of the promotional side. Really. It's like, okay, we, here, we got it this far now go get it sold and get it promoted. And, and so, um, yeah, so I think just expanding the, the scope of, of marketing and understanding that, uh, you know, marketing doesn't need to be a decision maker and all these, but they need to be an advisor in all the Mm -hmm. aspects across. And, uh, so, so that's one thing also, I think where marketing, where people can succeed better is probably just understanding return on investment and attribution of, of many things. So with this, um, yeah, (laughs) I know and that was the the topic. I understand, you know, what you do with your business. And I was like, this is going to be a good talk. So, um, I, I think, you know, I've seen so many people, uh, you can usually tell if you're a good marketer. You can tell from the beginning, hey, this is going to be profitable, or this is not going to be profitable. I've also seen people where they dig a deep hole in hopes that they dig themselves out of the hole. Uh, with, with with yeah, be a little more specific.
0: It, what do you mean? Like they get yeah. in over their head financially, or they like jump in too quickly? What do you mean by dig a dig a deep hole?
1: Yeah. Uh, so so what I mean is is there's a way that you can get any product or service sold with a profit margin from day one. Mm -hmm. I believe in a lot of ways, I've laid out a lot of business plans, I've operated a lot of business plans, where you can have profit margin from day one, but it's going to probably be a slower growth. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not going to be as wide of uh, capturing market share so quick. And it's going to be, but it's going to be a steady growth where you're going to receive always a positive return on investment and if you're not receiving the positive return on investment you just cut the the cut the outreach or you cut the the, the 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 distributing that product but anyway the thing is but i've also seen people where they go they go many hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars in on sending out a bunch of product or sending doing a lot of advertising developing a lot of product a lot of things that are going to uh, it's going to take, you're going to have to get past a break even point and a scale point to ever, to ever get past a break even and, and, and be profitable. So I'm not saying one way is better than the other, because obviously like to, to really take over an industry, maybe that's, you know, venture capital type companies and things, you know, they, a lot of times they go deep into a hole and then they dig themselves out. The way I like to look at things a lot of times is, is grow with profit. So you, okay, we, we profit a little bit here and we reinvest that profit, but we never lose as we go. So that's that's what I mean by the digging the hole versus that. I can go into attribution if you want, though. That's a whole other topic. So yeah,
0: Okay, so b- before, before we uh, la- launch too far forward, I'm super interested in digging deeper because you unleashed some really good content there. And and I don't know if our listeners fully grasped like how much quality content you unleashed when you were just talking about this package that you're putting together. And I want to bring it into something that's been on everyone's mind. And I want to tie it back into what you were talking about. And that is the question of, you know, you're talking about profitability from day one. We just went through hyperinflation. And everyone is experiencing hyperinflation and people aren't understanding that, okay, if I'm profitability day one, if my marketing strategy is such, and I love the fact that you talked about, hey, there are different approaches that you can take. You know, if you, if you want to take a slow, steady growth, profit day one strategy, you can build that in. There aren't a lot of businesses that I get the privilege of working with that are thinking at that level. You know, everyone, they they automatically go with, they're like, you know, go big, go home. They kind of throw mud at the wall and hope stuff sticks. Uh, not a great strategy in in my mind. And so would you please talk about uh, a little bit of, well, uh, go in as deep as you want, but I would love to get more of your insight on, okay, we just went through inflation, prices of everything went up, everyone's trying to balance out this, you know, this end user retail price versus the cost, because that's where, you know, cost of goods just shot through the roof. How do I do that? How does that factor into my marketing strategy and tie it back into this profit day one strategy that that you're talking about? And I apologize. I am putting you on the spot right here. Uh, and you know, and so I I know that I'm asking some deep questions, but I love that that you introduced this. And so I'm hoping you're okay if we go here.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, so (sighs) cause I want to keep it general and I don't want to, you know, talk about any specific, uh, uh, successes, any specific past successes or s- specific past failures that I've seen, okay. um, with, with companies. Cause I, you know, just want to keep any, any names out of the, uh, uh the conversation for, 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 good or for bad either yeah. way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, so I think what, what I mean by this is, um, you've got a product that costs a product or a service that, you know, costs you X to produce or to provide. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now when you go to generate a lead or a a sale, you know, you need to, uh, price it where it covers the cost to you, right? and it also, you need to, between the cost to you and the cost of the, and the price of the sale, that's how much gap you have there to work on the, the when we're talking the marketing uh, mix that's going to go out there and secure that sale. That's how much you have there. It, you could go use a hundred percent of that gap from the, the cost to you to the cost of the price to fulfill the sale. And and if you use 100%, you would break even. Now, if you use less than the cost of to you and the price to go secure the X number of leads that are required to close a sale, mm-hmm. you're profitable from there. So what I, what I mean when I go back to some people will start to, okay, it costs them X amount. And I'll let me use some numbers to try to give this some context here. So, like, okay. let's just simple numbers. Let's say costs you a hundred dollars. Doesn't matter what product, what service we're talking about. Sure. And you're going to sell it for two hundred dollars. Okay. Okay. So now, so now you've got one hundred dollars to go out and do your uh, securing of clients. And if you spend one hundred twenty dollars on securing a client, you're dig, you're gaining market share and you may help get to a scalability at some point, but you are losing money on every sale. Mm-hmm. If, if you go out and you uh, secure a sale for $100, I mean, you, you go out and secure a client for $100, and it costs you $100, and you sell it for 200 now you're exactly break-even. If you secure the client for $90, now you're $10 profitable. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by this is... Um, just immediately and my the way i approach it is okay it, i look at okay how much does it cost us what does the what is a, a price that is priced uh, is going to be received well by the consumer it's not going to price us out with the consumer with price sensitivity so if it's $100 costs $200 okay now all i'm going to go do as a marketer is figure out it doesn't how do I do it for $99 to secure a client for $99? I don't want, I don't, I don't care about uh, that. It's only $1 profit. Uh-huh. Just how do I go get $99? Okay. Now then from there, once that's been achieved, now you can start to optimize all of your marketing campaigns and approaches to bring that down to $98, $97, $80, 70 dollars $50. But I don't ever look at marketing as I'm going to go spend 110 dollars and lose 10 dollars on that person. I just won't pursue. I won't pursue it. And now some people will because they see a longer game where they are like, okay, but once we get the market share, we're going to reach. We're going to eventually achieve economies of scale. But all I'm saying is, is because with this, the the economy up and downs and. Uh, so many companies going bankrupt and different things. I only like to pursue profit from the beginning. Now, with that being said, with that being said, let's say you, um, you take, uh, eventually you get it where, okay, it costs you a hundred dollars to make, you're selling it for $200 and you're securing clients for, uh, $50. Um, uh, well then you can take that $50 of profit and reinvest into more marketing c- campaigns to keep securing that $50. At some point you'll hit a diminishing return and it may cost you $60, $70, to see, but keep reinvesting. And that's how you grow is like, okay, yeah, you do have to have that marketing budget from the beginning to create, But but I will never spend a marketing budget that doesn't profit from the beginning. And then once you start to profit, whether it's $1 or $50 on the sale, Then you take that, but that, that profit and you can keep reinvesting it. But I'm not going to take, if I make $50, I'm not going to take $75 and go reinvest into a campaign because then you're putting yourself at risk of losing more, like whatever I start with the marketing budget, I'm never going to go from there. I'm only going to grow with the profit. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the, for the, for sure secured way to do a, a growth. It's a slow, steady growth. But the reason why I say this is is look, if you if you spend and I've seen I've seen companies do it both ways, and if you spend two million dollars to go out, and then at the end of two million dollars you've broke even. And you've spent or you've spent a hundred thousand dollars and at the end of a hundred thousand dollars you've earned ten thousand dollars you just spend your wheels on that $2 million. Yeah. You probably provided work opportunities for other people. You probably provided there's other benefits to the, the, you know, but you just, why did you go out and, and go, I mean, why did you work harder to go spend, you know, do this whole $2 million worth of campaigns to break even when you could have just spent a hundred thousand dollars and you were in a better spot than doing the 200,000. And that's what I'm saying. So yeah. I mean, uh, I hope that makes sense. It's a little, it's a little, it, it makes sense in my mind. I don't, I, I hope it makes sense to, to the people listening. I, I
0: love what you're saying. So you, you've got to understand a little bit. Uh, my undergrad is in finance and uh-huh. uh, my MBA is in entrepreneurship. I never specialized in the marketing side of things. And it was so fascinating that when I got into business consulting, that uh, most of the inquiries were around marketing. And people were asking me all the time, how to market, how to market, how to market. And I would bring them back to the numbers. And I would say, okay, let's look at the numbers. Now, I, I'm actually, oh, man, my wheels are spinning with, with, what you're, uh, you know, with what you're suggesting. I'm like, okay, this is a very fascinating approach uh, to marketing. But bringing the marketing back to the actual dollars and saying, okay, where are the dollars in the company? Are we looking at an ROI? Are we looking at a break-even? You know, where are the dollars in the company? And so few businesses want to look at it that way. They, you know, I, I'll i work with companies and I'll say, okay, what's your marketing budget? Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I was working with a company that, uh, you know, they they were getting ready to do a a product launch. And I, I asked them, I said, okay, what what's the budget that you're putting toward this? And they said, "Well, uh, we're going to do six thousand dollars." I'm like, "Okay, where'd you come up with six thousand dollars?" They said, "Well, we want to get influencers on social media, and we had one influencer that quoted us for three thousand dollars, and we want two of them, so they're six thousand dollars." I'm like, "That's terrible." Like, why why is that your marketing budget? You know, you've basically taken two quotes of what, you know, an influencer is going to cost to, uh, you know, have a spot, and, and that's that's what you went with? I'm like, uh, that's a horrible approach. And so what you're talking about here is you're saying, okay, dial it in, come in, Oh, and I love that fact where you're like, look, 99 is the magic number, using your hypothetical numbers, right? You know, 99 is the magical number because all you need is you need that dollar, you need that profit, and then from there, efficiencies are going to come. And so I I, I feel like this is a very – I want to use the word unique, but it's really not that unique because everything that you said, it's tried and tested. It's been around forever. None of this is like, you know, breakthrough new, but it's just not done. People are not taking this approach. They're not understanding the power of profitability in a business. And they're looking at those top line sales and they're just like, "What do I do to drive the top line sales And I guarantee you know using again it was your hypothetical example, but if I had a business that they put two million dollars out and they generated two million dollars, they would be celebrating the fact that they you know increased sales by two million dollars I'm like, but did you make any money doing that no you're you're yeah. you know you you're, you're flat." And and so uh, you know so such 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 a fascinating approach to to say let's stop looking at marketing from a top line sales and let's look at marketing from a profitability perspective, uh, I I think that's beautiful.
1: Yeah, and I well, and it's it's back to the I guess you said it's been around for so many years, and it's just it's the fundamentals. So many times over time, people stray away from fundamentals. And if you come back to it, I, I think what got me thinking this way actually was, uh, I had worked, I had led a department where there was, I was in charge of the P and mm-hmm. and, um, and, and with that working very closely with the CFO, uh, it, part of my compensation package was, um, also based on profit margin it was not based on top line. It was not based on bottom line. It was based on profit margin. Okay. And so if you're looking, so I think when you, when you, when you think about it like that, that's why $10,000 on a hundred thousand dollars of spend is a higher profit margin than $10,000 on $2 million of spend of, of profit. So, it, it, cause then if you can start to think where, okay, where, where am I going to receive the highest profit margins? Then you can start to Grow those until you hit a a, um, a, a diminishing returns that brings starts to bring that profit margin down. Then you look for other uh, business sector or you know other products, other services, other divisions that you're you're pumping that money into because uh, you just want to put your money at the best use. You know, like your cash flow. And I think that that this all goes back to then: Are you working on the best interests of investors? Are you working on the best interests of shareholders and stakeholders like if you're if you're providing the best profit margin in every way uh then you are and and so this is how i like to look at like basically look at marketing but then under that there's so many things you go back down into okay well the content how Mm -hmm. does that play into how this everything converts and how does the website play into how it converts and the advertise, like all of that play they're all elements that feed into this but at the top of it you're looking at you're looking at it in this this approach
0: yeah no that's excellent so i'm gonna I'm gonna ask another question here of something that really stuck out in my mind. Uh, and I'm glad that we I'm glad that we talked about the profit side of things, the ROI side of things, because that one stuck out. But there's another one that keeps sticking out, and that is, as I read through your bios as I looked at your uh, you know your social profiles and uh, different things. And as I got to know you, uh, the word leadership comes up in your marketing pitches all the time. You're the only person I know that puts an emphasis on leadership when it comes to marketing. And I I I I I want to dig into this because I want to see why, you know, why you put such an emphasis on leadership and marketing, why you why you connect them so strongly. Uh, but also what does that mean in your mind? You know, what what exactly Do you feel as, you know, as marketing, so is this just saying that all of the top management, the CEO, the CFO all need to have a marketing mentality or are we getting into it and saying, no, 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 it goes even deeper than that? So would you mind, elaborate a little bit on on your views of why leadership pops up so much uh, when you talk about marketing?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I definitely think everybody, uh, all, all, when you're saying CEO, CFO, every, everybody does have to keep uh, uh, marketing within their mix of, of what they're thinking about. That's that's for sure. But um, regarding leadership, I mean, I think it goes back to the beginning of our, our conversation when you were talking about you're very uh, general across the board. And it's like, okay, well, as a leader, can you uh, wrangle together all the different specialties and put them to the most effective use? um, possible. So, so that's one thing. But then secondly, I mean, in so many organizations, uh, especially if you're thinking differently than the way they've been thinking, you come in and there's a little bit of change management there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you gotta, you gotta, um, you've got to, uh, not, not per, I mean, a little bit persuade a little bit rhetoric, but you need to, uh, you need to, gain momentum, gain support, gain uh, uh, allies in the organization, gain different things in order to make things happen, in order to get uh, things um, uh, where it's got widespread support. Because, you know, you can go in and and implement something, but if it doesn't have uh, widespread support, uh, it it could fail in a variety of ways. You know, somebody somebody may not put their effort towards it or – or try to cut it later or different things. So I, I think when I mean leadership, it just means um, trying to take a lot of what we're talking about here and putting it in terms for somebody who maybe doesn't specialize in marketing in a way that they can understand it mm-hmm. in a way that they um, uh, not just understand it, but also can get behind and support it. And uh, and if you're able to do that, Um, that's that leadership aspect. So not just having the, the, um, and it's something I need to get better with too. I mean, it's not, I'm not, but the thing is like, it's not just having the proficiency or the competency to understand marketing, but it's the proficiency and the competency to be able to get others to understand marketing. And that's the leadership aspect that I'm talking about.
0: What what happens, because I see this scenario pop up quite often, you'll have kind of the visionary, typically the CEO or founder of a company, you know, so they're the visionary and they naturally step into this leadership marketing duo that, that we, we've been talking about here. But a lot of times they step into it a little bit blindly. You know, they're sort of just feeling their way in the dark, uh, making it up as they go along because they don't necessarily have a strong background in marketing. But because they have the vision of the company, uh, everyone looks to them. You know, I, I, I would argue that you cannot have successful marketing without successful vision. You know, I, I think that, uh, when I'm looking at, at marketing, how I'm going to market something like I can't do it today. I have to think, okay, what's this going to look like a week from now, six months from now, two years from now. And, And so it does require that vision, uh, to have the successful marketing. But a lot of these, you know, a lot of these people get thrust into these positions of authority, positions of power without having that marketing background. And, I've seen it cause problems. I've seen, you know, where you have someone they're they're a brilliant business owner. They don't understand marketing concepts very well. And they come in and they kind of bulldoze their way into saying, Oh, this is how we're going to do it. Or these are the customers that we're going to go after. And, uh, and, and so how do you find, you know, to, is, is it, should they step aside and, and let an expert do it? Should, should they, you know, read a whole bunch of audiobooks so that, you know, they're, they're, they're more versed yeah. in the concepts and, you know, what, what, what should you do? If you're, if you're a business owner listening to this interview right now and you're like, man, I suck at marketing, what should you do?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think obviously what the type of marketer that you hire is, it's all personality fits, culture fits, different things like that. But what the, basically I totally agree that vision, uh, ideally comes before marketing. At least it works that way for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily have that vision or that uh, I don't think of that vision. That's why I work for others. I don't just go off and run my own, you know, company and things. I need that vision, but then marketing supports that vision. hmm is there to support the vision is there as an advice and the marketing pivots that vision. So just cause that's the initial vision, that's, that's the, the, you're, you're placing the anchor there, but then this, now we marketing, okay. They say, Oh, we're going to go after these customers and this and that. And then you, you dive in, you do a little research, you do this and, and you, you, you collaborate and you, you figure out, well, you know, it may be in our best interest to to just shift. It's probably not a huge shift. It's not going from here to the whole other side of the room, but it's, it's just from here to the next seat over. Mm -hmm. And so marketing is, is uh, I think what you need is, is uh, ideally as a CEO, your best uh, fit for having proper marketing is probably you setting the vision and you having a marketer, uh, on on uh, your team who can be willing to support your vision, follow your lead, but also be there and be cor- not correcting, but um, not a yes man, not a yes man mm-hmm. and a, a, a person who can shift help you shift the vision to make it the best product market fit.
0: I, I would use the word aligning. You know, aligning
1: that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's perfect. Yeah.
0: So, uh, okay. Um, at, at this point of the show, you know, I've sort of been dominating the direction that I want to go. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you loose a little bit. Uh, what, what do you think are some of the, the key things that, you know, we've got an audience, they're listening. What, uh, what, what would you share with them in terms of marketing ROI, leadership, diversity, innovation. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that, that stand out in what you focus on. Where, where would you steer uh, some of these entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah, well, I want to extend an invitation to anybody who's interested in um, the topic that I'm going to be discussing here. Uh, I'm, I'm beginning some research, um, in collaboration with some universities and things to uh, uh, understand looking at at marketing attribution or marketing mixes. It really, now we're talking on the promotional side of things, but mm-hmm. it could extend back to the other piece too. But, but on the promotional side of things, understanding, um, looking at it in a multi-layered format. So right now, I think we're very good at looking things in a single layered format. Okay, we run this Google ad, We can track it from a last touchpoint attribution. We know this generated this lead and that resulted in this revenue. There's the first touchpoint attribution, which, um, okay, this Google ad brought them to our website. They didn't submit their information, but they went and they read about us more. They saw our social media. They saw a news article. They saw all these elements. They came back and they ended up making a purchase. And then there's the multi-touchpoint where it's like, okay, well, the billboard, the TV ad, the radio ad, they all intertwined to make, we all give we give each channel so much credit to, uh, to, to what that total revenue uh, generated from that consumer. Mm -hmm. What I, what I'm very interested in, in studying, and I'll tell you the reason why is it. it, Okay. The, what I'm interested in studying is, and make it simple here with three variables. It could be unlimited number of variables, but let's say there's a TV ad, radio ad and social media. If you take the radio ad out of the mix, what happens to the total revenue? Okay, now if you put the radio ad back into the mix, what happens to the total revenue? It may not be solely as a result of the radio ad, but it's the total synergy created by the, the three together. And so I plan on doing I'm, – I'm doing uh, – preparing for some research on these elements here of, of putting in a channel, pulling out a channel, and seeing how the different synergies go together. Um, now the purpose of this is because – uh, when we're talking about the collaboration that goes on with CEOs and CFOs and CMOs um, and COOs and every, everything else, is that uh, many times I've found, okay, hey, the CEO has laid the vision, the uh, CFO has laid the budget, the marketer then goes out and says, this is how we're going to spend the budget. And it's strictly from the marketer's intuition of what mix is going to achieve the results to achieve that vision. And, um, but there's no, there's no real predictable way to say that this mix is going to create this uh, result except for the the marketer's prior experience and their intuition to, and the, the CEO and the CFO have to feel confident and comfortable with what the marketer is suggesting in order to approve that. Um, if, if what I'm talking about can be done, there will be uh, more, you'll, you'll make the CFOs, make the CEOs more comfortable with proceeding forward mm-hmm. with go-to-market strategies, with new campaigns and different things because there's some real predictability, data predictability that, that – uh, shows the probability of this actually leading to the result. So I've been in situations where I've been given uh, the full trust and I've been given the green light to go and, and I, and I know what results have occurred as a, uh, as a result of that. I've also been in situations where I'm, I mean, I'm certain this is going to work, but I can't persuade or convince the CFO or the CEO that uh, that, that this is going to work. I mean, I know it's going to work, but I can't persuade. So I'm looking for more tools as a marketer to go out and be able to prove what I'm, what you're suggesting in the front end is going to lead to the result in the back end. And so, uh, when I say I'm extending an invitation here, uh, you know, I, I am beginning some research, uh, and I, I, if anybody is, has, has experience in this, integrated approach of attribution and um, or has ideas on it or wants to collaborate or wants to to eventually test what kind of marketing mixes you're using um, with with what we start to put together probably in some type of simulation format um, please reach out Uh, yeah i think you'll have my my linkedin or contact info maybe from the release of this and if not you can email me at brandon b-r-a-n-d-e-n at marketingexec.us.
0: Okay. I think that's awesome. So uh, I have a little bit of a story that, and I've shared this before on my show. Uh, It's kind of a funny story. Uh, I had a radio salesperson, uh, like an account manager, came and hit me up. I was overseeing an organization at this time, and uh, they wanted the organization to run some radio spots. And I had a budget and I, you know, I was, I was happy to do it. And so, you know, they, they come in and they're just like, Hey, you know, would you be interested in running some radio spots? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I'm like, what, what's your reach? And they, you know, geographically told me where the reach was. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I want to know who you reach. Like, like I don't, 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 don't give me, you know, a bunch of zip codes. Like, tell me, you know, like exactly where is this, uh, you know, who is this going to and, uh, what can I expect from some of this and, and they looked at me and they are just like, um, I don't know how to answer that. And, and so I, I told them, I said, well, find that answer out because I want to know. And they're like, okay, let me, let me, let me, go back and, uh, you know, I'll talk with the guys at the office and maybe they'll know. They never came back. Because they had no idea what their marketing efforts were actually doing. And, and so, you know, when you're talking and saying, okay, do we know... You know, do we know what the attribution is? Can we follow the model? Can we, if if I take, you know, variable A and replace it with variable B, do I get better results or worse results? And so uh, definitely something that is lacking out there in the business community. I am not aware of anything that does this. I would say the closest is you get a lot of the analytics that are running, you know, through your social media and through, uh, you know, your search engines. And sometimes if they're, you know, a bigger player where you have like a Facebook is going to share analytics with Instagram because they're owned by the same company, but there's not, not a real collaboration of the entire marketing strategy. So that, uh, that, that, that is wonderful. Uh, commend you in your research, whatever support we can do, uh, on the show. I, you know, I think that would be, think that would be excellent. So uh, we're getting awesome. to the end of the show here. Uh, I just wanted to uh, kind of have any uh, any any concluding thoughts that uh, that you might have, any advice that you have to people that, you know, they want to do better with their marketing. Uh, maybe they've listened to some of this. Uh, you know, you really have introduced some new concepts or I, I would say a new approach. I don't think the concepts are new. I think the approach of, you know, the way you put the concepts together is what's new. Uh, how, how would someone kind of get started. If, if they're listening to this and saying, we need to be doing that in our company and we're not doing that today.
1: What, what, what would you, what would you advise to them? Well, you can certainly, uh, just, just chat with the consultant. You don't have to bring things in house immediately, but just get a, a, maybe somebody come in and evaluate what you're doing with your marketing, give a, a report on some suggestions and, and different things like that. Um, uh, as well as I think something that I, I, if anybody has ever listened or read any of the, the other articles or podcasts I've been on, a lot of times I suggest, um, there's a certain, there's actually two books, but there's a lot of crossover between the books. Um, it's, uh, the 22 immutable laws of marketing and the 22 immutable laws of branding. Mm. And, um, basically these just, uh, you know, technology changes, the channels change the the way of life changes, but these 22 laws, um, have, have lasted for many years and probably are likely to last for many years. And I think, um, having an understanding of those base fundamentals are, uh, you know, it, it, it very much is not a, ta- uh, a technical type of marketing, but it is a, a, an understanding of marketing where then you can go out and you can start to, uh, maybe hire the, the specialists that you need to fulfill what you're looking to do.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Uh, you've been listening to an interview with Brandon Cobb, uh, and this is Marketing Management and Money. I am your host Ryan Murray, and again, one more time, Brandon. If someone wants to uh, connect with you on that research study, uh, what uh, what is the best way to connect with you on that?
1: Sure. So find me on LinkedIn, Brandon Cobb, B R A N D E N, and then C O B B, or you can reach out to me by email at Brandon, B R A N D E N at marketingexec.us. And uh, appreciate your guys' time today. Thank you. Awesome.
0: And if you want to reach me, I am at ryan at marketingmanagementmoney.com. We will catch you next time. Thanks so much for joining us.